Okay, guys, welcome back to the Real Time Online Podcast. This is a very special Sound Minds edition. We are working in conjunction with the Scottish Mental Health Arts Festival this week to raise some positive messages about mental health. And it's a subject very dear to our hearts. So we've got a few guys here that we will get to know as we go through the podcast. Some all familiar voices to some regular listeners. And we're going to talk a wee bit today about normality and mental health. And to kick us off, Lake is going to tell us a wee bit more about the subject matter that we've chosen to speak about. So, Lake, take it away, Pa. Today we're going to be talking a bit about cancel culture. I'd say it's a relatively new term, but it's actually been going on for quite a while. It's basically when people that don't like a certain like artist or footballer or just celebrity in general they kind of just go around and try and find old tweets of them maybe saying something when they were younger uh, to try and essentially cancel them so like can I make them out to be a really bad person even though they may have been uneducated at the time a few examples would honestly I can think of footballers being cancelled quite a lot when they maybe moved to a different team and some of the opposition supporters that they were at kind of just dig up old things from maybe when they were like 12, 13, when they first got Twitter, saying like maybe a racist remark or a homophobic remark, and they just kind of bring it up from maybe like 2012, 2011, and kind of try and cancel them and just say that they're a really bad person and stuff. It's happening quite a lot in the music industry as well. Okay. Lake, thanks for that, Paul. That's a really good introduction to what this uh, subject is, because I know... As much as some of our listeners are probably really, really familiar with it, some of them might not be. And it's something I didn't know a lot about um, before we started chatting through this. So we're talking about normality. We're talking about mental health. The first question I want to kind of throw out there for you guys is how do you think the mental health of the people who are being cancelled, if, if that's the way we want to put it, how do you think it affects their mental health? I think... Um... A lot with the cancel culture, people will get unnecessarily like bullied over things like the way they look, and then they'll get like threats, and the people will come and kill them and attack them, or tell them to kill themselves. Wow. Um, and I can imagine a lot of people have developed a lot of maybe mental disorders or eating disorders because, um, you can make one mistake and so a. Uh, the people who are cancelling them will attack them. Even if it's not that big a deal, they'll attack them over everything, down mm-hmm. to the way that they look, the way that they act, their past. That, as a kind of starting point, seems like it's quite high impact. There's, it's no like banter. It seems like it's really pointed and aggressive. No, thanks for that, Sarah. Tia, what, what, what do you want to say about it? Um, I feel like it definitely would bring the person down a lot, especially if so many people are going like at them at one time kind of thing right. um, especially if it's like maybe fans that have turned that could definitely hit like a sore spot or something okay have you got an example of that have you like somebody whose fans have kind of turned against them well there's obviously like YouTubers are a good example of that right yeah because there's a lot of I mean YouTube although it's a, it's a form of celebrity it's, um, it's still quite a new form a celebrity into it and it, I don't know if yeah. you guys would agree with this to me being a YouTuber you're a lot closer to your fans 
than say somebody like Billie Eilish, who's a, a you know, um, you know, a, a really really popular musician, but has got a bit of distance maybe for the kind of trolls online. Whereas on a YouTube channel, the ability to comment directly onto videos and and do live streams and things maybe puts them at a wee bit more risk. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think especially with streaming, that's like a really pertinent one um because obviously like there's the function of like blocking certain words and stuff like that but um I've seen most of the streamers that I've watched which I'm not very like I don't do that a lot like I'm not massive on twitch they have very supportive communities but there are a couple who it's just like constant for some reason these people are watching and just nitpicking everything do you know what I mean right I see that a lot on like during lockdown, quite a few Scottish footballers started like streaming, like playing Call of Duty and stuff. And you'd just mm-hmm. sit and watching, and then like opposition fight, like rival fans would be coming in, like saying, Oh, you're this, you're that, like uh, you're like just abusing them for no reason. Like they're literally just sitting playing a game. Like <laughs> they're not even talking about football, they're just sitting playing a game and they're getting abuse from like rival team fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I was to ask the question here, how normal is it to be cancelled or to face that kind of abuse online? Can we maybe do a quick rating out of 10 as a kind of starting point? How, how normal is cancel culture becoming, guys? 8 out of 10. It's a lot more common in public now. Right. Say about a nine and a half. Right. Because I'm now starting to see it like, sort of in like general society not just on the internet and stuff like that like I'm hearing stories about like people who you know like I don't personally know but like you know I'm hearing stories about how they've been like cancelled at school and all that stuff and it's kind of like wow how did I even get to this point you know like yeah the first time I heard about cancel culture was probably about a year ago ever since it got to that point where you know I would compare it to like a government takedown in a way because right. it's sort of like the whole idea of something that's supposed to be kind of untouchable is now kind of and it's like anything that you know someone sort of disagrees with hmm. can lead to mass hysteria and a cancellation wow so that i'm absolutely stunned that that cancels cancel culture cancellations as you just said there hardly are, are happening at school yeah, like, like I thought this was an online thing. It's not just like it's ended up being like I heard people from like my school, myself, like literally going over to other people who they've never met, like on their like profiles and like saying like horrible stuff about them and like just just try to take them down like because they've made mistakes in the past and it's just kind of really daft. Um Did I maybe I don't know if it's like I'm like a tiny bit in a weird situation because I'm not in high school anymore. Uh, I'm in college, so I'm a little bit older and I think ye and I'm also younger than Craig. But it kind of sounds like cancel culture has been co-opted for just another form of cyberbullying. Because my impression of cancel culture is originally, generally speaking, people of colour and queer people, particularly like uh, in terms of like gender nonconformity and trans people holding people accountable to what they've done and that's not necessarily abuse 
So like in the situation of like J.K. Rowling or Shane Dawson, that's what I would see as cancellation. But from what you're describing, it seems to be like... Well, Billie Eilish has been cancelled. People tried to cancel Billie Eilish like six or seven times. Yeah. And like she's never been cancelled for anything to do with POC or LGBT people or anything. So... I'm not saying it necessarily has to be do, to do with that, but like that kind of idea of being held accountable and yeah. also like cancelling like the kind of as a verb doesn't necessarily have to be like good in a sense, like things can always be used maliciously. And I think that is obviously like kind of what we're getting to here. Aye. But the... Um, the difference between actually like you've done something and there needs to be some sort of accountability or you've done something that means that you having a platform is dangerous versus that kind of thing of like, I just want to give you abuse. We're going to find a reason to give you abuse kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's mad how they do it though. Um, I've seen people literally searching up like a big YouTuber's or a big footballer's name and literally just putting like the N word next to it or mm-hmm. homophobic I've seen like just so photoshop tweets it. from like or photoshop texts like they seem yeah. to be the ones that are sort of easier to fake because obviously people can't go back and like check mm-hmm. uh like okay. you know from examples like James Charles or whatever like mm-hmm. I don't agree with James Charles like I think he is a disgusting human being however there was a very famous case of him a couple of years ago where he, someone sort of pranked him by photoshopping tweets, which had him sort of saying the N-word in them. Right. Mm-hmm. And he basically flipped out and like said, this isn't funny, delete this immediately or my lawyers will be in contact. But it had people actually going after him. Yeah. Because it had been dropped without this context sort of thing. It's that, like a set up cancellation. I'm glad you said what you said, Levi, because I was I was thinking that too. When cancel culture first became something I was aware of, it was guys like Kevin Spacey, J.K. Rowling as well, and it it seemed to be like a, a justice movement almost, kind mm-hmm. of following in the footsteps of like Me Too. And I was like, wow, this is this seems to be quite good, as as brutal as it might seem. It's, you know, it's getting people who have had a lot of privilege in the public eye to, to face up to the fact that all that privilege and all that money doesn't mean you can do whatever you like. But mm-hmm. it seems to have taken quite a, quite a swerve into, you know, just, you know, becoming almost a kind of a byword for school bullying or for ostracising people or for alienating people. Um, whether that's online or whether that's in real physical school settings, to the point now for what you guys are saying is it's it's actually become a way to to victimise people by falsifying tweets and falsifying messages that folks have sent because they know that there's people waiting online to get you and that will jump on you. Sarah and Tia, what's your kind of reaction to that? Is that something you guys have noticed have you guys got anything you want to add to that i think a lot of people are i think people are becoming a lot more sensitive to what others say and will cancel them over small things as if they've just murdered somebody i've also seen 
a lot of people get cancelled because of their own opinions, like maybe they don't like someone and then they get so much hate for it, but you're allowed to not like someone. Okay, so that, that reminds me of the, one of the Billie Eilish ones I saw where she commented on Lady Gaga's meat dress for like the MTV Awards or something, which happened. Yeah, 2007 or something. Yeah, it was like, you know, in, you know mid-2000s. And, and then a lot, of, a lot of people who at least seemed to be Lady Gaga fans jumped on that to be like, how dare you? Um, and and to really start um, trying to get rid of Billie Eilish because obviously Billie Eilish is, is vegan and, and and has quite a, a strong stance on animal cruelty and stuff. That obviously was important for her, maybe for her point of view to say. But I know she got a lot of backlash for that. But I, I, I hear what you're saying about sensitivity, Sarah. It's also like... You have to have the same opinion as everyone else or else you're a bad person you should get cancelled. You can't have your own outlook or opinions about things. It has to be the same as everyone else's or they'll come after you. That's that's really interesting. Uh, I fully agree with that point. Like, yeah, It's sort of this one mindset that you have to have or you just aren't allowed to exist without, you know, being... Basically tormented. Tia, what, what, what's, your, what's your read on that? Is that something you've encountered as well? Yeah, definitely. I also feel like a lot of people are like hunting for things to cancel people about, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So they're going back as far as they can and just finding yeah. different things to like attack people on, basically. Yeah, I feel like see what you mean. It's like the bigger you get, the more likely you are to be cancelled. Yeah. Right. Like Craig was saying about Billie Eilish, like she's now massive, but people are desperate to cancel her for everything. Which you'll be doing it, pal. Have you got Eden to chip in here? Because I want to do a wee recap in a minute. But I mean, it's it's weird. I have like two minds to this whole like people are too sensitive nowadays because mm-hmm. obviously you can't really control what you find disrespectful or hurtful. It kind of just happens. Mm-hmm. But I do think something is put on. As in, I don't think they're actually hurt by it. They just want to start drama, and anything to start drama, they will do. Like, like people have their own opinions, and people react differently to different things. Like something I might find offensive, Levi might turn around and go, "That's not offensive." Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it is really put on just because they want want this person to be seen as bad or them essentially being cancelled like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's do a wee recap here, guys. What we've said so far is that cancel culture definitely affects people's mental health and definitely can move from being a kind of more justice movement type of thing to being something that just gets weaponized to, to victimize people and that people actively are looking for excuses almost. I think we've said that too. And I think we alluded to it there, Tia, you were saying about the people that were looking for a reason and going, you know, going way back into people's history online and stuff. Here's my question for you guys, because we're talking about mental health, we're talking about normality. What do you think is the, and obviously we don't know these people, but what do you think the mental health situation of some of these guys who are sitting online looking for excuses, looking for the, 
the dramatic opportunities. What do you think their mental health might look like? I think they're either really insecure within themselves mm. and are trying to project that onto someone else, like a, a famous person, like because the idea of celebrities, the fact that celebrities can't have issues and problems. And I guess there's like a bit of jealousy in that, I think. So something that's coming for jealousy. That's certainly not a new thing, although it's maybe manifesting itself in a new way. You know, that goes all the way back to guys like Elvis and maybe even famous people before that. So I think you're absolutely right, Harley. Lake, what do you think, Pa? I know myself uh, that when I was really struggling, I was not a nice person to be around. So I honestly think that these people that are cancelling other people really do need help and they really are struggling, but the only way they can actually say they're struggling is by making other people feel as if they're anything. Yeah. I I know myself, I I was not a nice person to be around when I was really struggling. Mm -hmm. So I I do think it comes down to they are screaming out for help, but the only way they can scream is by cancelling people and by taking out other, other people that don't deserve it. Okay. Listen, I want to say just before we move on, like, thanks for your honesty there, pal. And I, I know it's a kind of universally acknowledged thing that when you're struggling, you, you they tend to take it out on the folks run about you. But these these guys are even going further than that and taking it out on people they don't know as well. But as a massive red flag, I agree with you. MDL else want to chip in on that one? I think it's also to do with like, I sort of follow the crowd. Um, everyone else is cancelling somebody because that's what they think is right. You might disagree, but you have to do it too or else you get backlash for not right. sticking up with them. And also, people are bored. Like yes. People will do it because they think it's funny and they're bored. Because yeah. like, with YouTubers and that, or uh, streamers, I think people are finding it entertaining and funny to be hateful. To me, that's quite scary. But you've just yeah, said that's that, that's terrifying. Because I don't think a lot of people view them as other people. Yeah. They just see it as somebody on a screen. I remember hearing a couple of years about like how people used to go to like famous people's houses to dress and stuff like that. And I feel like this is sort of just like a larger scale version of that. Like where it's like they kinda of don't have this right to safety or this right to existence and stuff. That must be really and I think that's sort of the mentality of kind of cancellation in general. Yeah, so that then, that kind of puts a couple of questions in my mind, but we'll come back to them. I want to give Levi and, and Tia the chance to come in on this wee question here about the mental health of people who are doing the cancelling. What, what do you guys think about that? I'll come to you first, Tia. I think, like what's been said and everything, they could be struggling and projecting that, but I also think despite them struggling I think they've also kind of got a sense of maybe not bravery but not as much concern because I've got like this barrier which is like screens basically yeah so it's like they're struggling they're just kind of projecting it onto people because especially like celebrities because they know they've kind of got this barrier yeah no that and that barrier you know I think we've heard a lot over the years since the internet has become a huge thing and becoming everybody's home and that kind of stuff we've heard a lot about kind of keyboard warriors and people that will go on and, and troll people, but you can't find them. And, you know, it's difficult to identify people who come on and cancel you and, to, and, and try and make your life a misery. So I absolutely take that on board. Levi, you've got the last kind of word on this, pal. Oh, um, wow. I 
think there's something interesting, and I'm not an expert in mental health, but there's something interesting to be said about black and white thinking and not allowing people to be a work in progress, coming back to the projection kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if people are struggling within themselves, it could be like, particularly in the case of like, not necessarily looking for things, but seeing things from a long time ago or like in, I think like had briefly mentioned this, like being uneducated because there are people who just because of certain privileges, because they haven't had to, they just don't know about other cultures or other kind of like social uh, conventions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, I think, a lot of this reminded me and touching on the kind of idea of like people aren't allowed to have their own lives or have particularly like privacy and autonomy. Really reminds me of a lot of the stuff to do with Britney Spears. Uh, just in, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the case of the abuse that she was getting, but she did eventually get abuse because her image as like a innocent Southern person fell over time. But also the kind of intersectionality of power that comes with particularly young female celebrities mm-hmm. uh, coming back to Billie Eilish like people really dislike Billie Eilish and I would argue that's partially because a lot of Billie Eilish's fan base is primarily young teenage girls yeah. um, who are kind of a little bit embarrassing sometimes or cringy that's yeah like every teenager is going to be cringy because there's a lack of self-awareness that's just the case you're going from yeah a but that's like a adult. perception i see all the time that billy Eilish fans are cringy and stuff like that it's like yeah, yeah. which is the exact same with one direction fans and twilight fans which are all like things that are primarily of that social capital, but are not, and are extremely successful because of teenage girls, but are not given any sort of credit because, and like the, the quote unquote, like quality of the product may be varying, but like the- We all know you're referring to Twilight there, you can see it. <laughs> no, like, at, I mean, Twilight has its problems, I mean, but no one was criticizing it for like, it's emotional abuse or like you know it was oh, tw- uh, vampires don't sparkle do you know what I mean like it was a lot of things get disregarded and I think that's anyway I'm getting completely off topic like it was more kind of the idea of certain people being targeted can I quickly come in on it Levi yeah I think the the point you're making um, and I want to actually recommend something to you guys there's a wonderful genuinely wonderful monologue from a, a late show in america from about 15 years ago a guy called craig ferguson oh you guys will probably know if you've seen the kind of later episodes of still game he plays a stuntman callum coburn i think the, the character's name is so that's craig ferguson he was huge in america and still is but he did an amazing monologue about britney spears and we're going to link it in the show notes and um, so the listeners can see it as well but i, I really want you guys to go and, go and watch it it was the week where Britney Spears shaved her head. Oh. Um, which I'm sure you guys have heard of, okay? Yeah. Um, if Britney can survive 2007, you can survive today. Yeah, exactly. So he does an amazing monologue where he, he talks about her struggles with like the, the substance abuse she was going through at the time and his own sobriety because that week was the 15th anniversary of him stopping drinking. That's cool. Um, and it's an amazing thing. And I think what, what he really goes for in that thing was kind of what you're saying, Levi, is that, you know, guys like Britney Spears, like One Direction, you know, they, they can be really, really harshly 
criticised and harshly judged and, you know, villainised by the media and by the kind of stuff you guys are talking about as well. And there's no, you know, there's, I say this in the presence of some teenage young women, you're absolutely right in saying that guys like Billie Eilish and all those guys who have a large fan base of young women tend to be singled out more for this because, and no offence to you guys, this is this is just a, a thing that you guys are um, probably aware of already, you don't need me to tell you. The things that teenage girls like are often seen as being lesser. And therefore, the things that they like, you know, they, they themselves are often seen as being lesser because of it. But you think back to like One Direction and the... the Who are a fantastic band, you know, and I won't take any criticism know, of them. Good group of guys, <laughs> good, you know, decent singers. But you think back to the kind of fan base that was around them. Yeah, it was and rough. Then, <laughs> well, but, but think back 50 years to the Beatles. I was going to say the exact same thing. That is, was mad. Like, I've seen videos of that. Yeah. There's no footage of the Beatles for their first American tour that's even remotely watchable because you can't hear any of the damn music. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. All you can hear is people screaming. But, uh, you know, looking back on that now, we're like, how amazing are the Beatles? They're the founders of rock and roll, you know, even though they stole it for black people. But that's the mm. kind of, you know, Paul McCartney's held up as like the number one songwriter living. But I'm surprised that he's still living. It looks like a disease starting. <laughs> well, we don't look <laughs> at the point I'm making is we don't look at guys like Harry Styles in the same way. Maybe in 50 years we might. No, that's because uh, Harry but, Styles will never look like a disease starting no matter how well, he gets. <laughs> regardless, of Harry Styles is just. Oh. Anyway, moving what on. We've, what we've discovered here, guys, is that um, this cancel culture has maybe become bigger and scarier than it started. You know, we've alluded to the fact that it started as a positive thing and has maybe become a bit more negative, or a lot more negative in some cases, you know, make its way into schools and causing people really serious mental and, I imagine, physical harm. What I'd like to do, if you guys are okay with it, is to finish this. I'm, you know, we've talked a lot about how the mental health of the people doing the cancelling might not be 100%. And I think what would be a really nice thing to do right now is to show them a wee bit of compassion and a wee bit of understanding, right? Know that we're saying what they're doing is good. Far from it. But what I'd like to do is just as a wee, as a wee parting shot for this podcast and to leave a positive message about mental health in the world for however many people hear this podcast, what's one thing that person who's sitting at the keyboard, ready to cancel somebody, ready to, you know, annihilate somebody's self-esteem, or the person walking down the playground or walking down the corridor in the school who's ready to call somebody a slur, or the person sitting at the back of the bus, you know what I mean, who's ready to throw something at somebody. What's something, I want some suggestions on things that these guys can do instead. Positive stuff that's going to build them up and that we can leave them with some positivity to say, you don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to be that negative, cancelling person. What's what's a couple of things we could tell them, guys? What's good to get involved in? Literally, just say hello. Like, I was right. talking about this earlier with one of my teachers, and she will never go past 
anyone in that school without saying hello. Doesn't matter if they get in trouble all the time, doesn't matter if they're one of the people that never misbehaves, she will always say hello to them. Right. Saying hello could actually just make someone's day. I agree. I love that. I love that. Saying hello. Yeah. That's amazing, pal. Thanks for that. Anybody else? One thing for the um, people that feel they need to do that is they should try and think and put themselves in the shoes of whoever they're going to attack. Yeah. Would they like it if that happened to them? Or if it has happened to them, did they like it? Why put somebody else through it? Yeah. That's a really important question, Sarah. And I think a lot of people who do that kind of stuff, it's happened to them first. And they don't really know any other way of doing things. So no, that's that's a really important question, Paul. Thanks for that. Harley? There's a quote from a retired Disney princess who was one of the very, very first Snow Whites at one of the Disney One parks. And the quote is, when you're hugging a child, you always be the last to let go. You never know how long you need it. And I know that's like about kids and all that stuff, but I think that's such like a generally honest message. Yeah. Because it's like telling you, you never know what else someone's going through. Mm-hmm. And it personifies this idea of a hug, like just leaving it there, like, you know, just never pull away, never turn your back on that person. And I think that's something to just like, live your life by day by day like really yeah like just that idea of kindness and honesty and i know it's such like a dumb quote that no one really pays much attention to but it's just such like an honest beautiful quote to me i'm stunned by that and i think that's something that if we're around these kind of folk because we all know somebody probably we've all known somebody in our lives who's really struggling or who seems overly aggressive or overly nasty to the people around about them and it's dead hard to show those people compassion because we probably don't feel like it and it's often rejected but I think that's that's a really important thing you've said Harley about just never turning your back on people I think that's really important because um, you might be the last person and the, the last good influence in somebody's life um, yeah. I love that anybody else? Um, Tia, we've not heard from you pal and you want to add? I know this has been said already, but think before you speak. And if you're really like struggling or you don't know how to like put the energy you want to give out towards something, maybe try and like pick up a hobby or point it towards something creative if that's the kind of thing. See a person doesn't know how to handle like their emotions or anything, but they're really into art, like try draw some more rather than attacking anyone if that makes sense. Yeah. You've hit upon one of the principles that our charity that we're all part of and all attached to is, is based on, about picking up something and doing something positive with your energy. So, no, you're absolutely right. Levi? The thing that kind of comes to mind, particularly when it comes to, like, specifically the online stuff, maybe just taking a break from the internet. Yeah. You often get so involved in very minuscule parts of other people's lives that you forget to be an active kind of component of your own mind. Yeah, I would just kind of like allow for more introspection and allow you to kind of like look more into yourself and love yourself a bit more. Not that like, oh, you're a particular person that does not love yourself because I think that's a bit patronising, but like everyone, like we're kind of in a society that tells us to hate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we all have our own like really 
grotty ways of dealing with it. And so that's kind of like, that's my wee thing. And I, I don't want to add too much to it, guys. I think the only thing I would say is that there's a, a principle we hold to at real time and we call it unconditional positive regard. And it's something you find a lot in youth work and teaching and a lot of other places where people have responsibility for folks maybe younger than themselves or less educated than themselves. And it's basically the principle that all are welcome. And I think that's kind of what you guys have been alluding to, you know. If you if you want to try and learn an instrument, you're welcome to do it. If you want to try and paint a picture, you're welcome. Your place in this world isn't dependent on what you can do or who you know or how many Oasis songs you can play on the guitar. It's Which is all of them because they're ridiculously easy. Well, exactly, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's... Like you say, a lot of people are convinced by society and by the people around about them that they're nothing and that they're not worth anything and they are a, themselves a negative presence just by breathing. And I think what we've said today goes a long way to counteracting that. So I hope anybody who is listening to this who feels that way, who's who's normally the first one to bite or the first one to snap at somebody or the first one to go... They're getting cancelled. I don't know if that's what you say, but I hope we've showed you the day that it doesn't need to be like that. There's bigger and better and more positive things out there in the world for you if you're willing to take a first wee step and, and get yourself out there and try something new and try something different. And I think everybody who is on this podcast right now would say that can happen and that it's possible. It's not a way to fix things. It's just a way to start getting a more positive outlook on life. And if that's not a positive message for mental health, I don't know what it is, guys. Thank you very much for your input. You've all been really actively thinking about this, and it shows. And uh, we at Real Time are really appreciative of the fact that you've given up your time again to create another amazing episode of the Real Time online podcast. Thanks to you guys out there for listening. You can find us on Facebook at Real Time Music. We are also on Instagram. We are on Twitter. And you can also find us at realtimemusic.net where you can find every episode of the Real Time Online podcast, including our recently recorded anniversary edition from back in March. So thank you very much for listening and say bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, bye everybody. Bye. Adios. Cheer to bye now. I have to be <laughs> <laughs>